Hi, you're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of New Orleans by Mouth, Chef Amy Sins. And today in the studio, I have an amazing BBQ guy. And when I asked him what, he, what the name of the restaurant was, he said BBQ. And so we're going to talk about that because um, barbecue is, I think, something we all hold dear. So welcome to Chef Robert Bechtold from uh, Central City Barbecue. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for joining me. And uh, y'all, Chef Rob said I could call him Rob. So uh so he seems he seems like the kind of good old boy we can we can hang back with. Not so <laughs> thanks a lot, Rob. Well, I have to ask you, it seems like, you know, New Orleans, we we look at how food progresses in town and what's happened. And for a while people got into that little fancy, pretty, tiny food that you put with tweezers and there's a little glass on a plate. Sure. And then it's like we've turned around and we're like, we want real food. <laughs> We want quantity, but that quantity has to taste good. Right. So, you know, what is that, you know, are you seeing that? Is that what you're trying to provide for your clients? What's going on? I saw a big hole in New Orleans with barbecue, and I just didn't understand it. Uh, 30 years uh, being a chef and a cook in this city, we just never really had outstanding barbecue places. We had Luther's when I was growing up out in Metairie and Chalmette, and uh, that's about all we had for barbecue. Then the joint came along, then Voodoo kind of commercialized it, and I just saw this big hole. Uh, Katrina kind of blew my family away for six years, and uh, for that entire six years, I kept, you know, listening to Tom Fitzmaurice and keeping my, you know, ear to the ground on what's, you know, going on in New Orleans, and uh, just never saw that barbecue hole filled. Uh, I started putting together barbecue ideas in uh, 2009 in Florida. I was a line cook trying to get back home, and I created pretty much a barbecue restaurant in my head, started making menus, started doing different ideas. How can I incorporate New Orleans ingredients into barbecue, bring a regionality to our barbecue? Because we're so well-known for food. And we're just not known for smoked foods. We're known for boucheries and stuff like that. But that's totally different. I wanted to bring that down home, done the right way, all night, wood, metal, no plug-ins, no electricity, no gas, and just do it right. And uh, that's what I started doing as a pop-up and got noticed. Well, I love that, Rob, because, <laughs> you know, when you start thinking about it and um, we we look at... You know, grow, growing up in South Louisiana or growing up in Georgia, pretty much if you're growing up anywhere where there's the country mm-hmm. within a, an hour away, you're getting that influence of cooking, you know, on an open fire, yeah. cooking over that smoke pit, uh, burying it in the ground and putting the coals on it. And I think we see that nationwide and worldwide. Every culture has their way that some, they are form of cooking that meat and you know, in South Louisiana, there are different styles, but it's it's kind of our style. And I think it's fun that there's someone out there trying to take, you know, a little bit of Georgia, a little bit of sure. somewhere else and put it together. In your opinion, you know, what are the differences as you look across the regions of the South or mm-hmm. around the world and what would be considered barbecue? It's more of what they could get cheap. And, uh, you know, Texas, they had a bunch of steer and beef, so they got brisket cheap. And uh, the meat markets started by the Germans back then. They had all these 
random cuts that, you know, they didn't really have that great of refrigeration, so they used the smoke to preserve their meat, and they sold it. Um, and the South, pork is king, you know, in the, in the Carolinas, whole hog is the way to go. Uh, up in St. Louis, you know, I, I took a, the influence of burn-ins is something that we don't really have here, and it's something I have on my menu. Um, I just think it's the perfect bite of barbecue when the fat renders and you have the bark and you have the beefy taste, and I cut them to order so they're not sitting around in a sauce or anything. And they're not drying out. It's when, that perfect, juicy, crispy. When you order your burn-ins, I cut it off the end, and I cube it up, and it's brought out to you. That's the only way to do it. They die any other way. So explain to our listeners what burn-ins are. Because when I hear you say that, my mouth starts sure. watering and I go, well, you got to be the first person in line if that's what you want. Tell yeah. them what burn-ins uh, are. The burn-ins, you have four or two ends of the brisket, and I can get a little bit extra uh, through some different techniques. Um, but it's pretty much the first barky layer uh, bite off of the brisket. Uh, a lot of people don't know about it. Um, in Car- in uh, St. Louis, they pre-cut the burn-in, sauce them, put them back onto the pit. Um, I didn't know how they did it when uh, my one of my guests asked me about it. I just kind of did it, and I didn't have the rules or anything, and I just found it was so much better just freshly cut off of the brisket. You still have the smoke ring. It doesn't turn gray, and it's just this perfect fatty bite that's not really fat because all the fat's rendered out. So you got this And that's what we tell ourselves with all good things. Yeah, because all the the fat's (laughs) gone away, all the calories are gone, and you just have flavor. (laughs) Well, I have to ask, because you mentioned the rules. And, you know, I talk to people and, you know, every guy or gal in their backyard with a pit or a green egg or, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, Cajun microwave or whatever you want to call it. Everyone has a different opinion on, um, you know, what is barbecuing? Is barbecue grilling? Is barbecue smoking? What are the rules of barbecue? When I grew up, our family barbecues were grilling in the backyard. Uh, In Georgia, we didn't do whole hogs. We didn't do pork butts. We didn't do any of that. I learned that through, you know, being a cook and a chef over the years. Um, So... I remember that grilling chicken smell, you know, with the chicken fat hitting the propane, you know, grates, and you smell that chicken coming up. So that kind of brings me back to grilling. Barbecue, for me, is something totally different. I take it way back, like uh, my mentor, Aaron Franklin. Uh, he's the one that kind of brought me into this whole brisket thing. And I, I don't use electricity, I don't use gas, and I just use fire, metal, and uh, meat, and, and just do it long time, uh, 15 hours sometimes on the brisket or more, just to get that perfect brisket burn in. So when you're doing barbecue for 15 hours, mm-hmm. I mean, is this the kind of thing like you and your buddies are sitting around having a beer, or is it a thing where you go, okay, this is... Such a big deal in 15 hours. It's not like we just put it and forget about it. We got to take shifts. We got to look yeah. at it. We got to check it. How's that work? When you're hanging out with your boys at Hogs for the Cause or something like that, yeah, that's what it is. It's hanging out, having a few beers, chilling. When you're running a restaurant, it's something totally different. I have me, uh, my wife uh, tends the pits, 
and I also have three assistant pitmasters that are helping me 24 hours a day. Uh, there's going to be seven different fires at once at uh, Central City Barbecue, counting the burn barrels. So that's a lot of fires to tend to, plus get on the meats, take off the meats, and we're just doing 24 hours worth of meat at a time. That, that to me, is exciting. Um, you know, I am a country girl at heart who lives in the city, and you can't take the country out the girl. <laughs> and um, the thought of seven different fires, yeah. seven different things. So I'm in my mind, I'm envisioning... These like big steel drums that some guy with a welding machine, special exactly. built, yes. and each one is just a little bit different, or have, are they all exactly the same? I have 1,000-gallon propane tanks that I turned into pits for my uh, indirect heats, and that's my pork butts and my briskets. And then I have three uh, uh, direct heat pits that I can also infuse with smoke with a firebox inside of a pit house for my indirect heats, uh, my chicken, my ribs, my sausage. And we also have a whole hog pit at uh, Central City Barbecue. And that's something that a lot of people aren't really doing in the city, and we'll be able to offer that uh, as a special and also through catering. So if you have seven different fires, are you getting seven different kinds of flavors because you're using seven different kinds of woods and rubs and spices or is it because you have so many different cuts of meat you have to have seven different places to cook them i have really just two different places i'm cooking but seven different uh methods or okay. instruments to cook them on um the direct heat and the indirect heat are the two ways that i'm cooking um as far as wood we're using oak for our burn barrels so that'll be our live coals and then i'm using hickory and cherry to flavor smoke. Awesome. I love that. Um, before we got started for my listeners, uh, Chef Reb and I were talking about my uh, love for oak and pecan wood when it comes to my smoker or my grill box or even on my little barbecue pit and that little bitty thing that you yeah. put on the side to make it, it smell and taste like you, it taste good <laughs> like you did it over the open <laughs> fire. And uh, But I feel like, you know, some woods I've gotten too bitter of a flavor. Mm -hmm. Some woods are too strong or like after when you go to eat that chicken, if the the smoke itself was too sure. strong, you kind of taste it in your chest, yeah. you know? Yeah. So how do you how do you manage that if you're um, you know, trying to do volume like you're doing in a restaurant or just a few things in your backyard? How do you manage making sure that it's not over smoked, sure. too bitter, or too strong? It's very, very difficult, and I always tell people that barbecue is a real simple food that's real easy to mess up, and uh, a lot of people wet their wood and stuff like that and let it smolder. I find that a live fire, so as long as you see some sort of flame in your woods, it keeps your smoke really clean and keeps your smoke, uh, they call it blue smoke, mm -hmm. and that's what all barbecue guys strive for, but the only way you can achieve blue smoke and not a yellow smoke or an acrid bitter smoke is to have that live fire and not have it smoldering. So when you're getting your wood, um, I know uh, just this past weekend, my husband and I were up in St. Francisville and, you know, we'll go up there, we'll go through the woods, we'll grab some stuff, we cut everything and bring it home, but sometimes it's a little wet and moldy, mm. sometimes it's a little dry, and yeah. it's, you know, scattered across the courtyard trying to uh, dry know. it in the sun sure. until you just go, oh, whatever, I'm sticking it in there. <laughs> so is there a certain amount of, 
time your wood has to cure, or is there a time that you want to use green, fresh wood? I'd never do. Um, I get my wood from a really good uh, purveyor named Richie Pikes from the North Shore. He uses old growth. Uh, he puts up wood six to eight months ahead of time for me so awesome. it can air dry. I've never had a problem with wood being wet or being smoldered. Um, I treat my wood just like I treat my ingredients of meat. Um, we use all premium meats, try to use premium beef, premium uh, pigs. I'm using Duroc pigs. I put that same quality into my wood because that's one of the major flavors that I'm putting into the barbecue. So I have to get a premium, you know, product for that. Have you have you ever had a wood that you go, okay, yeah, I'm not going to ever use this one again, or this was fun, but it's not mm. quite the right fit? I found that with pecan. Okay, uh, pecan, this, is uh, good, it, this is good discussion. Yeah, it, it just uh, burned a little hot for me, um, and I didn't get as much flavor like I got with the hickory. Being a Georgia boy, I remember hickory uh, fireplaces, especially this time of year in Georgia. So that's what I like to smell, and that's what I like my barbecue to taste like. Pecan is really good for heating things, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's so much good for flavor. Uh, good. But no. that's my own personal Hey, no, this is what opinion. I like. Look, I'm, I am by far not a pit master, and I use what's free. <laughs> yeah, I heard that, too. That, that's I, also good, too. I use what's free, and, yeah. um, and speaking of that, you know, I had Corey Barr on the show, and I've had extensive conversation with uh, Nathan Richard, and he's he's kind of like my go-to coach for sure. for all things yeah, um, country, <laughs> sure. country, you know. And uh, we've we've really experimented with some things like sugar cane mm -hmm. and um, the tops and the bottoms of sure. the sugar cane. Uh, hey, one thing I learned is that. Some things when you burn them are toxic. Mm. And um, luckily, my husband is still with us after I considered using mangoes one day because I had a bunch of mangoes that were overripe. And I thought, oh, I'm going to put these mango skins mm. and I'm going to have this fruity, smoky flavor. No, no, ladies and gentlemen, uh, mangoes are toxic if you burn them. Okay. So um, something to remember, but note to self, yeah, note <laughs> right. to self that you know it's sometimes like we try to get creative, but then we should just stop and say maybe we shouldn't reinvent right. what's worked for generations and generations yeah. and stick with our go-to's, right? Yeah. I, I I experiment a lot too, though, so I I can't say that I don't. Um, I I recently uh, used uh, Merloton uh, leaves, oh at, fun, like pea shoots. And actually stir fried them at home with the garlic and stuff. So I like to try to use things that people aren't necessarily using all the time and try to try to use that and incorporate it into something new. So I feel like, you know, back in the day there was someone who was the trailblazer who said, yeah. I'm gonna eat this and see if I die. Yeah. <laughs> and like then, that, that guy that ate the first oyster, you know. Yeah. Like, what the hell? You're like, <laughs> you know, what were you delicious. thinking, man? You're yeah. crazy. And then you go, oh, okay, you're brilliant. So yeah. I imagine that um some of us as chefs have to make mistakes so that we can find new ways and um, also to rediscover old ways that we maybe have forgotten about for generations. And that's what I think happened to a lot of barbecue, a lot of modern barbecue, is they just try to push it out into a franchise thing with, you know, Southern Pride, Electric Pits, and kind of just mass produce it. 
Aaron and I are trying to slow that down a little bit at Central City Barbecue and put more of an artisan twist on it. Well, so let's talk real quick. Um, you know, you were mentioning earlier, you use a really good quality of ingredients. Mm, sure. And that's so important. And I feel like um, as chefs, as home cooks, as diners, we want good quality ingredients. And we're some of us are still learning what those are. Yeah. And um, if you didn't grow up knowing the breed of cattle or knowing the type of pig, mm -hmm. um, and just recently I had the opportunity to go to Budapest where I got to hang out with some pigs and I kept going, hey, salami, hey, bacon. <laughs> and that was what I was naming them because these pigs were raised mm -hmm. to have that quality of fat that you need sure. for sausages and bacon and all these good things. So, you know, as a chef, where are you, how are you finding out what things are going to be the best quality that you're putting on the plate? It came down to me as a personal responsibility as a chef. And uh, way back when I started this barbecue thing, I learned that you could go really, really cheap or you could try to go a little higher and take the higher ground. Um, and that's the two types of barbecue that I saw. Um, I feel really responsible towards the animals. Um, I want to make sure that they're harvested well. I want to make sure that they have a good life. I think happy meat makes great barbecue, and uh, no one can tell me different. Uh, Temple Grandin uh, designed the facility that our briskets are uh, harvested at, at Creekstone. Um, and there's a special way that they go to be harvested uh, to where it's not very traumatic for them. Um, my pigs are Duroc pigs from up in Iowa, and they're harvested the same way. I recently went to a boucherie, and uh, the, the runaway boucherie. Yeah. That it was year three, and uh, saw a calf harvested um, right in front of me. And so it made me kind of think differently about each of those brisket that I put on that smoker. That, you know, that was a life, and we need to respect that and treat it the best way we can and make it the best burn-ins that I can. Yeah. So that's kind of brought me to that aspect as a chef right now. Well, you know, I hear from you when you're speaking you know, something that I say and I hear chefs and I hear home cooks say and, you know, old mamas say is that when you're cooking something, you're giving a little bit of love. Sure. And whether it's your love, the love of the animal, the love of the people who raise that animal, you know, I, I personally feel that in our, you know, desire to connect with our food, we have to go beyond where was it grown sure. and, you know, what farm did it come from to the people and the cultures and the the love and energy that brought it to your table yeah. and then the guy or gal who kept that, you know, going once they served it and got it to your plate. Something happens when it gets cellophane wrapped and put in styrofoam, you know, that, that kind of takes the soul out of it and then it becomes just a vessel, you know. But to think of it as that soul and to have a reverence for that product is is what I try to do as a chef. Well, I love that, Chef Rob. I, th I think that's special and I think it's going to be seen in the Central City Barbecue you know, food that people are going to have. And so I know we're just waiting around the corner for yeah. that grand opening, sure. and it's going to be at 1201 South Rampart. But 
What can we expect to eat besides whole hog and burnt ends? Right. Um, we're going to have all the barbecue favorites, ribs, uh, pulled pork, uh, brisket, sliced brisket, burnt ends, sandwiches, appetizers. Uh, also going to have some desserts I'm playing with. Um, I have one year's worth of creative ideas that I've had since we left Nola Smokehouse. We closed down Nola Smokehouse in October 3rd of 2005. Uh, we're going to be opening up uh, sometime early December for Central City Barbecue. So I've had all this time to just think of specials to do with barbecue in different ways that I can cook things with fire. So I just can't wait to show everybody. We're starting out with a limited menu at first just because we've got to train everybody. I have to train other people in days and weeks what taught uh, I've taught myself over six years to learn <laughs> so I'm taking it real slow and I'm not gonna put anything out that I'm not a hundred percent behind but as soon as I'm behind it it's gonna be something really epic and one more question about that menu mm -hmm. so are we doing dry rubs wet rubs sweet sauce mustard sauce vinegar sauce do, what's the plan I do all dry rub uh, product and uh, we're gonna have chicken sausage boudin uh, ribs, burn-ins, brisket, and pork. Uh, my sauces are the same ones that I had at Nola Smokehouse, our classic sweet, our spicy, our vinegar, and I'm also bringing out a white uh, barbecue sauce uh, for the chicken. Awesome. And I can say I did not get a chance to taste it because it would have been wrong for me to <laughs> taste it, but uh, Chef Rob and Chef Aaron uh, sent a whole bunch of their sweet corn spoon bread to Second Harvest Food Bank as part of our flood relief project. And when they push that cart of that sweet, toasty smelling spoon bread in, I, I really wanted to sneak one of those pans and give it a taste. So I'm looking forward to finally getting a chance to eat a little bit of yeah, that. Yeah, that's our most <laughs> popular side, for sure. Well, is there anything that you tried and you said, okay, this, this ain't making the menu over at Central City. This isn't... We tried it. It ain't right. It's not what we do or something that you go, this is something we're going to do, but I got to wait to put it out there. Right. There's a, we, we've tried a lot of different things and a, a lot of things have turned out really well. Uh, some things, something that uh, I've been playing around with is smoking jackfruit and uh, it has the texture of pulled pork after you shred it. And uh, so that's, that's something we're playing around with. All right. So, so you heard that first here. I'm trying to do vegetarian options also, you know, so I'm trying to think how we can smoke vegetables and make them tasty too. Oh, I love it. Well, so tell everybody, Chef Rob, again, sure. the name of the restaurant and where y'all are located. Central City Barbecue. We're at 1201 South Peters, and you can uh, find us out at uh, centralcity.com. And we're also on Instagram at Central City Barbecue, and I'm on Instagram as Pitmaster Rob, if you want to follow me there. So they do have a Facebook page mm -hmm. called Central City Barbecue, and um, centralcitybarbecue.com has sure. a little bit of information and a catering menu. So for the yeah. holidays, maybe we can get a little barbecue catering. Yeah, and we're going to have the full menu coming out uh, as, soon as, as soon as we're ready to release it. Uh, again, y'all, around the beginning of December, we should be uh, feeding y'all, so... All right. Well, we are excited. I think New Orleans is ready for a little more barbecue. Um, I am hoping to be able to poke my head around those seven different fire 
things do, and um, <laughs> and come and poke I, around I'm and be nosy. I'm going to love to give people tours, so but, just ask. So you hear that, y'all. Uh, Chef Rob said, come take a That's look it, at everything. For sure. <laughs> so you've been listening to New Orleans My Mouth on WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host, Chef Amy Sins. Until next time, ciao.